Hi, before we get started with the episode, we just wanted to point you in the direction of the social accounts we've set up for the show to help you guys engage with us and communicate and get involved with our show. You can email us at can'tdisappointpodcast at gmail.com. Emailing us will really be the best way to talk to us directly and conversate with us on air during the show. Also, be sure to like You Can't Disappoint a Podcast on Facebook. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast and Twitter at You Can't Disappod. That's Disappod like Disappoint. So there's one S and two P's. Well, thanks for tuning in and let's kick off the episode. Here we go. <laughs> This decision has to be yours, T-Bone. And this decision has to be yes. How did you know my nickname was T-Bone? Because you're a football player and your name begins with T. Your name begins with T. Let's get it. What's up? We're coming at you live as of time of recording. Oh, really? I'm on like a six second delay. Yeah, it feels like it sometimes. <laughs> I'm Zach, and I've been referred to as an animal for my entire life. I'm Steven, and I was going to use a cool nickname, but then I, I didn't. And welcome to You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. Glad you're here. Glad you're listening to us. Yeah, it's good to see you. Right off the bat, quick shout out communities on Twitter follow them thank you for sharing our stuff thank you for listening to us because of them at c-o-m-m-u-n-i-e-s-s on twitter done boom, i said boom. it thanks for shouting us out just everything um, yeah. yeah thanks for everything you're great yeah. thanks for introducing us to this wonderful community we're really happy to be a part of it yes so yeah how are you steven what's your week been like i'm doing pretty well i've been uh you know working a little bit and renovating my room moving stuff around phase two of three is complete so we are we're almost done like like how the states have reopening phases what do you mean <laughs> exactly that yeah stage one was a computer and such and stage two was moving things around and and stage three is is, is some more new furniture so exciting things in the adult world yeah, we're like, stage one was getting the computer set up to start the podcast, and stage two is getting the heck out of our apartment and finding a house to live in. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah, my week has been not the best. I had to spend a lot of money on my car, which I seem to always be having to spend a lot of money on my car. Oh, no. It just stopped what working. Happened? Oh, I don't know. Good. I don't know anything about cars. There was like a tube on the engine that rotted, and... Like, water and... This is super exciting conversation. Like, water and coolant wasn't getting into the engine, so it was overheating. I feel like, you know, and if, if you can relate to me here, Zach, mm -hmm. I, you know, we can find solace in this. Okay. If I ever took a car to a mechanic, they could tell me just about anything, and I don't have enough knowledge to know if they're, like, really screwing me over. I would have yeah, no idea. absolutely. They'd, They'd be, be like, like, your flibulator and your yeah. carber who's it is is decommissioned and i'll be like oh no <laughs> yeah that flim flam's gonna need replaced and yeah. the parts 20 bucks labors 350 dollars that's the best we can do man sorry and With i'm a like nice well little, i need to drive uh, but don't my worry car, we'll install so. it for free yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll waive your five dollar installation fee no I worries i guess i'll sell my other liver for new tires you know i've done that like three my times other now. liver <laughs> <laughs> 
eventually they're going to find out that I'm just giving them pieces of, of lamb spleen and they're, they're not going to give me the money anymore. But I've been watching some good TV this week. I finally finished BoJack Horseman and that's oh, still yeah. been setting with me. Uh, I didn't want to watch the last episode. It was one of those shows that, I don't know, a lot of people say with their favorite shows that they don't want to watch the last episode because in their head there's always more. Mm. I know people that feel that way about certain shows, and I'm never like that. I love to see how things end. But this was a show that, I don't know, part of me wanted to put it off for a while and just know that it's still out there. But obviously I had to watch it, and I thought it was great. I thought it was so satisfying. Well, nicely done for you, like, because the, the second half of the sixth season came out, you know, a few months ago, right? Mm-hmm. So nice job, like, not seeing, like, spoilers or anything like that. You know, I think that's good, because I know you, you watched through the whole series leading up to this, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, I want, my girlfriend hadn't watched it, so I wanted us to watch through it together. I hadn't seen any of the final season. And I had, there are a couple of things that I saw that I wish I hadn't seen, but nothing mm-hmm. that ended up being substantial at all. That's good. And I'm damn near caught up on Better Call Saul, this most Ooh. recent season. I know you didn't get super deep into that one. It is so good. And it is and that's so one that on I want to revisit because I enjoyed bad. the first season, but I just never started the second one, which is, I hear, even better. So Yeah, people complain about it being slow, but like, there's nothing wrong with something being slow. That can be a good thing when something's a slow burn. Breaking Bad didn't start out like explosive like the last season did. No, it not at all. It started out really slow. And Better Call Saul is a different kind of explosive than Breaking Bad, but it starts off a little slower, and it becomes explosive. We're, we yeah, have, I, like, four episodes left of the most recent season, and it's really heating up. It's intense. Wow. It's good we'll stuff. Well, i to check it out. As soon as I, uh, you know, make it through my anime vortex that I'm in right now, I've got a pretty substantial list of anime that I'm watching through oh before I make the return to much live action. Uh, but I actually finished a really good one this week, um, Oldie But a Goodie. Uh, Cowboy Bebop, which for me is like a jazz guy. Like, yeah, I think Lily that likes that one. She's definitely oh. played me some of the music from it before. It's so good, so good. The idea of like a a fight, an anime fight in space with jazz playing, sign me the hell up. Yeah, that sounds fun. I should try harder to get into an anime. I just think it's not something that was a part of my childhood, really. Mm-hmm. So as an adult. It's always just never been something I've picked up on. I like a lot of cartoons. I'm sure there would be plenty of anime that I would love. I think so. I, I probably have a few I could uh, send your way that are a little less action-y. Because like, there are a couple really good dramas that I've watched mm-hmm. in the past few months that are like really good. Maybe our next podcast should be about an anime so we can have 3,000 episodes to do. And Absolutely. we can do the podcast for the rest of our lives and never catch up. Yeah, we will be doing um, a podcast of the anime and the manga of Domestic Girlfriend, um, which, if you're not familiar, is a dumpster fire about a boy who's in love with his teacher, but also in love with the teacher's younger sister, who happens to both be the daughters of his dad's new wife. What? It seems like there's a real fine line between (laughs) actual legitimate anime and anime porn. So there's a few different, like, layers of protection between regular anime and when it crosses to full porn there's like a couple like layers that it has to permeate through to get there but they certainly are things you've you've put so much thought into the the theory behind this i can tell that you've explained this you've watched as much anime as i have zach you really prepare yourself to defend what you're watching you know because you know some anime may have some suggestive scenes 
or some suggest some suggestively drawn characters, but th- that's not hentai. Right. You know, it could be known as ecchi, which is like lewd. You know, so it's a little PG thirteen, maybe even NC seventeen. You know, <laughs> but until you have full on, you know, nudity, nudity, it's not hentai. And that's the only stuff I'm interested in, anyway. So what's I got the point? some links for you. Don't worry. I, <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> I know you what's do. What's the What's the the thing from the the office deleted scene where Stanley's like, "It's called hentai and it's art." Okay, so I think that's about enough of that. Probably. Um, <laughs> we're, we're here. We're glad to be here. It's episode six. You can't disappoint a podcast. Airhorn. Airhorn sound. <laughs> <laughs> Greendale, 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 Greendale. Yes. Football, feminism, and you we're talking about today. Woo-woo! Yeah, a classic early series episode. Um, another standout highlight from the first half of the first season. Definitely one of my favorite episodes of the show, even to this day. It held up for me, which I was a little worried that it wouldn't, because I, I regarded it in very high esteem, and I enjoyed it just as much. Good. It was directed by Joe Russo. Big surprise. Hey-o. Um, and it was written by Hillary Winston. This is her first writing credit for the show she goes on to write a couple of episodes this season and next season including the politics of human sexuality beginner pottery um she also wrote a half of the season two paintball finale she wrote for a few paintballs more and a couple others nice it was originally aired on october 22nd 2009 which means next week for us is spooky time Woo! I'm so excited. Yeah, I've been excited since the beginning. I'm totally going to go into next week recording as if it's... I'm going to get into the Halloween spirit as best as I can. I love Halloween. Oh, yeah. I'm going to dress up like even more of a clown than I already am. Hey-o! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought this episode was great. I don't know if it's the funniest out of all of the episodes we've watched, I think. But this one feels the most community. I agree. Now, one thing that I will say, at least for me, was pretty noticeable is that mm-hmm. this episode was definitely out of order. Yeah, actually, this episode was filmed third. Yep, and I think it's it's pretty evident by some of the things some of the characters say, the way Jeff behaves especially is regressive. Really? Okay, I well, think, s- save yeah, it till we'll we save get it. to it, because I didn't pick up on that so much other than some of the obvious smaller stuff like... They unveil the human being in this episode, but we've seen him in the background a couple other episodes. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I have a few that I that I wrote down, so when we get to them, I'll throw them your way. Well, we're ten minutes into recording. Why don't we go ahead and hop into trivia? I feel like we need to wait another 30 minutes before we actually get into the episode just to stay on brand. That's how it tends to go, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dare I say maybe this episode will be a little shorter? It can't be, right? There's no way. It, hey, who knows? Maybe we'll be motivated. Maybe we'll we'll stay on on track. Yeah, I'm thinking we'll get it out in 20. Yeah, I think we'll get it out since we got our High School Musical talk out of the way beforehand, then we're good to go. Yeah, I don't know if any of that's going to make it to air. We I highly doubt it. It took us a very long time to get started <laughs> because of connection issues and mainly because of some very important disagreements over the High School Musical trilogy. High yeah, School Musical, the musical, the series. <laughs> I watched it. If we're going to talk it about good? it, I'll be honest. No, of course it wasn't good. <laughs> but there was an episode with like a drug trip musical number with Lucas Grabiel showing up. That was cool. Really? That's and cool. there's like, the thing I'll say about it is there are like characters who are obviously gay. There are things in it that show that Disney Channel or Disney Plus or Disney as a brand has come a little bit farther than when we were kids and those original movies came out. 
There, the it still wasn't good. The writing was just as bad, but the representation is better. The main female character has two moms. I thought that was cool. Oh, that's neat. Good for yeah. good for Disney because now of course listen. it's Disney, so they never show the two moms or no. like, give them names. It's just like oh, my moms are yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. They Disney likes the idea of inclusivity, but <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. We, and we obviously talk about when we first got a black princess, she was a frog the whole movie, but it's fine. Oh yeah, and Disney is. <laughs> Uh, so Splash Mountain is one of the rides at Disney World and Disneyland that is themed around Song of the South, oh, which no. is a problematic movie from the past. And the stuff in the ride is about, like, the animal cartoon characters from Song of the South. And you mm-hmm. could, like, ride Splash Mountain and not know anything about the movie. And, it w- like, there's nothing inherently offensive about what's in the ride. But it yeah. has a weird history to it because of the weird history of the film. And they're re-theming it. They're closing it and re-theming it to Princess and the Frog now. Oh, wow. And that ride's been there for, I don't know, That as is long pretty as surprising. People are going to be upset about it. But that's pretty surprising to me. People I mean, might good be on a them. little bit upset about it. But I think it's always cool to see something get a new theming. I and love that. And I think that you should be a great evolve for with it. your message, with your you know mindset as a company. So I'm I'm all for it. But I just know how people like to get upset when they feel like something they treasure from their youth or hold dear changes at all. They like to freak the hell out. So, Okay, so talk about how we were just patting ourselves on the back for being ready to dive into the episode. Now mm-hmm. I have a conversation that I want to have with you that I just thought <laughs> Let's of. Let's do this it. Is something we debated, Lily and I debated before. Mixed feelings and unsure how to exactly feel about different things in the entertainment industry that are happening because of the social movement right now. Okay. Oh, I have of a guess course, about what you're talking about. Of course I am all for the tearing down of Confederate statues because a statue is to commemorate someone as more than just they were as like a, if you have a statue made of you you're like a hero. Yeah. You're like you're like an icon and history in society changes and evolves. And it's good to say we don't need to put those people in the limelight anymore. Let's tear that shit down. Another thing, but that's taking its way into the entertainment industry. And we're seeing a lot of shows like erase history of episodes because oh. of jokes that haven't aged well. Um, this, is, this isn't Black Lives Matter related, but an early noteworthy example was The Simpsons have an episode from mm-hmm. early on that where Michael Jackson voiced on it. And after the documentary about Michael Jackson came out last year, they totally scrapped the episode from history. It's not streaming anywhere. It's just gone. Which um, really surprised me for The Simpsons to do that. Yeah. And we'll debate in a second. Likewise, we're seeing a lot of shows now. Um, some noteworthy examples I've seen are 30 Rock, Scrubs, um, are wiping episodes because of jokes or costumes or bits that include or imply blackface which is of course unacceptable and in no way would i ever say like yeah we still need to be seeing stuff like this i get the need to just erase it and to step as far away publicly from it as possible but i don't know i don't i feel like there's also i feel like there like pretending like it didn't happen can also be detrimental to progress. I agree. I think that you need to own up and admit to mistakes that you made in your past. Um, Now, 
I'd be I'm surprised that 30 Rock would take something down because I would have a hard time. I can't think of off the top of my head because I haven't watched 30 Rock. Again. Uh, it was at Tina Fey's specific request. Um, they were all instances where Jane Krakowski's character was in blackface or was like playing like an old black man. Yeah, and I remember and, that that arc in the show, but I feel like the whole time they made a point to like say it wasn't good. Like it wasn't like they were saying this is a good thing that should be happening. And Tina like, it was very clearly point bad. And taking it away was that regardless of the intent that they thought they had when they were doing it, they mm-hmm. still did it, and that's not good. And they don't want to put that out there for people to see it and be offended by it. And I get it. I get that. But it's hard for me to. I don't know. I don't think that we should just be able to. I don't know. I think that it's similar to where a lot of shows pulled after 9-11 any sort of episode that had a building blowing up. They're That's back fair. in rotation now. I think it'll happen eventually that they'll return the episodes to rotation. I think that it's a safe move for a lot of things to pull those now with things going on because what they don't want is for them to not be the person that brought up the episode. Mm-hmm. I think the best way to do it is okay so a lot of people are mad because the new hbo streaming service hbo now i believe it's called max um h i don't they've had a bunch of different streaming services there's been hbo go there's hbo (laughs) now and i think yeah the new one's hbo max and they took off the classic film gone with the wind and a lot of people are really really mad about it because the film takes place in the south um yeah the book that it's based on glorifies the kkk true and there are comments in the film that are about that organization without making it clear that's what they're talking about and there are portrayals of slaves as like happy workers well i feel like i was taught from a young age that gone with the wind was an extremely racist ass movie and that most movies of that time were so it's also a classic film yeah i feel like if somebody wants to watch it they can watch it you know I... Well, okay, so everybody got really mad when they said that they were going to take it off the service, but nobody cared enough to listen to what HBO is planning on doing is they're taking it off so they can make a short documentary that'll go before the film that will explain the issues and its cultural significance and why it's important to potentially watch and also understand what's wrong about it. That's pretty cool. And they're going to put it back on with this message. And I think that's what most people should do in situations like this. If not, yeah. film something every time. Put up like a disclaimer and explain or record yourself explaining and put it before what's being watched. So that's the message you hear first. Absolutely. That's like, hey, this was made long ago. We don't support these views. We want to acknowledge it for what it means to, you know cinema history but yeah that doesn't mean that it's right okay so that was all of the segue we're allowed for the rest of the episode i'm yeah we got to be on on path now but i I, i'm glad we talked about that that's something that's been on my mind and i wanted to bring it up yeah if you have opinions on stuff like this that we talk about email us don't just email us about community uh can't disappoint podcast at gmail.com what are your opinions on things like this and we'll discuss them next week absolutely so let's get into trivia Trivia! I've got four questions. I do too. Okay, so starting off, what adjective does the dean use to describe Jeff's hair after touching it? Oh, um, because he's like... Is that a real bedhead or do you put something in there? Can I? Oh, it's crispy. Does he say crunchy? That's really close. Your first two letters are right. Try crack, again. Crack, crackly? Nah, you don't got it. It's crispy. Crispy. Oh, that was close. That's good. That's good. All right. All right. Which work... Of Leonardo da Vinci, did Pierce base his first human being prototype on? Oh my god, I almost wrote this down as a trivia question. 
And then I was like, oh, there's no way he's going to have remembered that. I'm not going to be that mean. <laughs> and so because of that, I kind of wrote off the comment, and I don't know. I think it started with a V. It does. It does. But I don't, I don't know it, buddy. I'm sure if like you had to pick it out of a lineup, you would know which picture they're talking about, but it is the Vitruvian Man. Yes, the Vitruvian Man. Mm-hmm. Okay. But to be made like Pierce Hawthorne, of course. <laughs> At the pep rally, there is a sign held up that states who the Greendale human being's next opponent will be. Who was it? I'm going to be honest. I didn't see that sign at all, but I'm going to guess. Is it the City College whatever their mascot is? No, it was the dentists. <laughs> oh, my God. Which is funny in a couple ways because yeah. either they're, it's like a truck full of dentists that have like a little <laughs> team. And so they compete with like side teams and the community college has to do stuff like that. Or there's a, another school or community college that has the dentists as their <laughs> the mascot. That's outrageous. Okay, uh, pep rally related. Finish this sentence or finish this chant. Green Dale, we're number one. Oh man, we're gonna be zero for zero. You haven't gotten anything. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm failing everyone. Nancy Pelosi is no fun. Oh yeah, and that's something that the conservatives still like to chant as loud as they can. It, it, true. <laughs> Here's one that you might actually get right. Okay. In Troy's brain, what's the closest planet to Earth? Okay, what's the closest planet to Earth? Planet Hollywood. <laughs> That's not the right answer, but it shows how fun astronomy can be. Planet Hollywood. <laughs> okay, here we go. Yeah, I think you could probably get this one. Name the three local businesses the dean threatened to send the mailers to. Oh, man. It was all him, like trying to make it sound like he knew law was it law firms yes um law businesses close i'll tell you it's three words right but yeah. they all are, are different words i don't i don't know ah. you know i didn't realize before but we should send those out to local businesses law firms lawyer companies Legal gatherings? You trying to blackmail me? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. My last question. We're not doing so well with trivia this week. No. <laughs> uh, what is Troy's Greendale jersey number? Oh, sugar honey iced tea. Um, was it number five? It absolutely was. Nice. Nailed it. You nailed Ooh. it. Okay. Troy, question for me for my bonus one. What did Troy introduce himself as on the announcements in the end tag? The Disco Spider? Disco Spider! Which is why when we did our intro today, I almost said Disco Spider, and I was like, wait. I was going to bring that up when we got to it in the episode, because that's a callback to the Spanish rap. Because he yes. says uh, that his name is T-Bone, the Disco Spider. Mm-hmm. Which, so there were a couple, because there, there was a T-Bone thing here, too. All right, so let's get into this thing. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Let's dive in. The episode begins with Annie and Troy studying in the study room at like a side table. And the episode begins with a joke that does not age well. <laughs> the white it's dwarf It's about one? like, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, he uses a word for dwarf or mm-hmm. first little person. I shouldn't even say that. He uses a word that we're not supposed to use anymore. Yeah. And he says it a couple times. He does. And the thing is, is I, like, haven't even thought about that. The fact that that word's, like, you know, I, I recognize, I was like, oh, you know, people don't use that word anymore. But I kind of had forgotten that, yeah, like, the proper term is little person now. But that's not the proper term. I think that's it's an not? offensive. I think that's offensive. I thought offensive. that was the right one now. Oh, well, see, I I'm, I'm even out of the loop then. 
I think dwarf is the I think dwarfism, but even that I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look into know. that and see because yeah. I I remember because there were the shows, the Little People, Big World. Yeah, so but I, I think that's that's person. been a while now. I yeah. think that's an, I think in the last ten years or so, that's become a I don't know. Maybe because of the popularity of shows like that, that's become kind of a I don't know. Maybe I'm gonna have to look into that then. I'm willing to admit my stupidity. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know. But it's definitely not that word, and that word has definitely become one of the words that, when someone says it, I'm like, oh, don't say that. Yeah. It's almost like people who still use the R word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I hate that. Yeah. We don't need to have this lesson here. These people listening, if you're listening to our show, you know what's up. You know what to say and what not to say. Exactly. Uh, I do like the joke right after that where, oh, what is it? Annie says, like, what happens to a star when it implodes? And Jeff's walking in right as it happens. And he says, a movie of the week. Yeah, that was pretty good. I like that joke better than the first one that started it. My favorite joke of that whole space interaction was the next one coming. With Pierce? Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, there's only one black hole worth studying. Called Sagittarius A. Which, oh my God! The connotation of what he's saying—that the and NBC censors on the sixth week of the show let them get away with that. Oh my God! I just like how Shirley immediately looks at him and knows that she's like, "Oh no!" Everyone immediately is like, oh, "This is going to be bad," and he goes right into it's Sagittarius A. It has the yeah. density of forty suns, and Jeff knows he holds up his finger just like my wiener. Which is another time where Jeff like perfectly calls, you know the pierce joke coming i feel like if they had gone any further with that joke and like said anything involving shirley after the censors would have been like nope cut it can't yeah, say that, that would have been shut down right away abed comments on how pierce and Troy are getting along and how they're bonding through mutual adolescence and i get it that it's abed shtick to call out tropes but this was a line that i didn't love i don't know no i like, didn't I can either see that i get it i think this was by far probably and you know most of it was because he wasn't in it yeah. much but the weakest abed episode because i just don't think he really even when he was in it he didn't really do a whole lot for me well yeah right after he says that i guess not right after he says that first we get the dean walking into the room yeah and this being the sixth episode instead of the third episode when it was filmed it makes it feel like the dean finally coming into the study room with all of the study group it feels like a momentous occasion it does. I he comes in with that line is like, boy, there's just one of every kind of it, isn't there? <laughs> we've got white, we've got black, we've got old, and we've got Abed. Abed. That's all of them. That's all of the things. That's and one of Pierce's best lines of the episode, and is like, well, everything except a pip squeak, but we don't want one, so get out of here. <laughs> and I, I like his reaction when Britta's like, Pierce, that's the dean, and he's like, oh this guy he's like oh just my luck like <laughs> like pierce thinks he's in like a high school or something and he's like 17 you know gonna get in trouble by the principal like, oh man that's the dean yeah totally <laughs> how i feel like it's a running thing on the show that pierce has been at greendale for quite some time i think so too i don't know if that's been brought up yet but it definitely like later on like pierce has been around there this is not his like, first he just day. like floats <laughs> around the drain of greendale yeah and i guess if this was the third episode produced they wouldn't quite have stuff like that hammered out yet Mm-mm. And the dean makes it clear immediately that he is here with a agenda. <laughs> He's like, um, you know, I just like to roll around the campus like a football. He's like, oh, all of a sudden, since we're talking about football, <laughs> the dean brings up that Greendale Community College has a football team. 
which is just so ridiculous. It really is. You know, I get there is, like, the whole division, and, like, there's a really high competitive level of um, community college football programs, but not at Greendale. That is not mm-hmm. not where mm-hmm. that takes place. Jeff has a kind of funny comeback line there, and he's like, did you know they had a football? <laughs> we bring up Troy's injury again from high school, which we haven't really talked about, that or his jock upbringing since the pilot i believe the dean talks about his injury and he makes it very clear that now that troy's recovered they'd really like for him to be on the greendale team because obviously it's a failure and you know the dean just is all about appearance and he wants the school to look good so he thinks that this one person on their team could save the day yeah they talk about team names uh it was the greendale grizzlies but (laughs) that's where we get that funny line that he, like, looks behind to make sure nobody else is here within earshot, and he's like... It was the uh, Greendale Grizzlies, but I thought that, um... Well, a lot of these students have been called animals their whole lives. Which is hilarious. As always, as soon as Pierce hears that somebody needs something, the Dean needs somebody to help with the mascot, Pierce, like, steps up and he's like, oh, well, I have all this experience and this and this and this, so sign me up, just like he always does. Right? He's like, I can help you with that, Your Honor. <laughs> <laughs> So the dean says, well, look, Troy, all your friends are lining up to help. Why not you? And this is the first time that Annie cuts into the story where, you know, she speaks for Troy, which she does a lot this whole episode. Um, She's like, oh, well, Troy, that injury was the best thing that ever happened to you. So why would you even consider going back and playing football? The dean's reply, Yoko Ono much? (laughs) I like even more so what he says after that. He like leans into Troy like they're pals and says, dude, bros before hoes. (laughs) <laughs> Which is hilarious for the Dean to be saying that to Troy. Yeah, but, and this is know. the first time that they've met each other, as far as I know. Absolutely. Troy kind of makes it clear that, no offense, but I was really good when I quit, and it's not going to be good if I do this, so no. Thanks, but no thanks. And Jeff comes in with another biting line about, you know, if an accident damages his the part of his brain that feels pride, he'll join. But until then, scram, get out of here. Yeah, which was the first place where I was like, damn, Jeff, like it's a little harsh to the dean, you know, and that was kind of my, my hint that it was um, supposed to be earlier because yeah. Jeff does not have that kind of animosity or like actions towards the, the dean or even like towards Greendale really at right. that point. But he's kind of standing up on Troy's behalf, which is nice to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the dean's last joke that, well, if you changed your mind, the field's always open, figuratively <laughs> speaking, because on, what, Wednesdays and Sundays, it's parking overflow for the megachurch. <laughs> for the megachurch, which is hilarious. Which here, plug for another good TV show while we've been talking about an array of good TV today, uh, a great comedy about megachurch culture, The Righteous Gemstones. Really oh, good. I have Check never heard out. of that. Uh, Danny McBride created it and stars in it. And uh, Adam Devine is in it as well. And John Goodman is in it. It's really great. Oh, I like John Goodman. John Goodman's like the head of this megachurch. And like all of the family underneath him have like a lot of shady stuff going on underneath the like media surrounding the megachurch. And it's just kind of a farce about how the megachurch is just to make money. Does he play um, his character as Sully from Monsters, Inc.? Yes, yes. He, he's the one animated character in the series. Thank God reason. I'm in. Because Sully, as a megachurch 
pastor, I'm here for that. So now that the dean leaves, they are ready to study. And it's like, they're finally about to study Spanish. They never <laughs> study Spanish. And Jeff's like, let's study Spanish. And then there's an, there's there's a reason not to. Absolutely, because uh, they can't possibly ever actually study Spanish. And I think Jeff even has like kind of a line where he's like, let's get a, the minimum requirement yeah, for, for a for language, language credit. credit. Yeah. Uh, Shirley asks Britta to go to the bathroom with her, and Britta's not interested so Shirley asked Annie to go instead, and I like how they leave to go to the bathroom arm in arm with each other. <laughs> right? Like, like Shirley was just so, like, betrayed that Annie's like, come on, little Annie. <laughs> this subplot has some, some good stuff hiding in it, but I'm not crazy about it. I 100% agree. Feels a little bit dumb to be, you know, like, well, and Shirley has to go to the bathroom, but Britta doesn't want to go, you know? It sounds like, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. Shirley's too old for all that. <laughs> and it's so base-level sitcom storyline and also such base-level, yeah, female character writing. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, women have to go to the bathroom together. That's a trope about women. Yeah. They do some smart stuff with it, and there's some good character beats in it. But the fact that that's the whole subplot for the three women of the study group for the most part in this episode... It's a little lame. I agree wholeheartedly. That as they leave, Jeff has to explain to Britta that, well, girls go to the bathroom in groups. <laughs> yeah. You know? Because Britta, you know, is so anti-establishment that she very clearly has never even, you know, heard has of the no, concept. Yeah, like social knowledge. And then there's this, the worst Jeff line of this whole thing is, uh, you know, Britta says, oh, I know stuff about women. And Jeff says, well, then you know nothing says I'm a woman, like, doing it with me. What oh my the God. heck? That was terrible. Disgusting. That was awful. And Disgusting. He, like, just, like, I was like, what the hell is this? And that right there, I was like, there's no way that this was supposed to happen after the episode where he and Britta, like, talk in the locker room. And he, like, realizes that his words, like, had an effect on her. Like, that, I think. All that he's it, saying is, like, hey, you, attractive woman, have sex with me. You like what you see here? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of this, a little bit of that. <laughs> You're missing out. That's our Joel McHale impression. <laughs> hey, I'm Joel McHale. <laughs> I was in Ted. <laughs> you, you guys see the soup? <laughs> you guys see the Joel McHale show on Netflix? On Netflix, it airs weekly. Oh, man. That was Ooh. great. Do you think if we did that, people would like believe that we had him on for an episode? I think so. I think especially if we trade off so that we both talk to him, and so we're both doing a spot-on impression, and it's seamless. It would be seamless. They wouldn't know. This is one of the last times Abed speaks in the entire episode. Um, he says, will they or won't they? The sexual tension after that awful interaction between Jeff and Britta. And this is all too base level. This isn't the smart Abed stuff they normally do, how Jeff's like, oh, Abed, we all hate it when you talk to us like we're characters on a TV show. Ha, ha, ha. Mm-hmm. But then... It is kind of funny. Abed says, oh, okay, well, I guess I was pretty high concept last week, so I guess I can lay low for the episode. Right, which which makes me think that this was supposed to be, like you said, the third one, so, like, after the stuff with him and his uh, dad. Well, it also right? works because last week was his alien shtick. That's true, but I didn't think that that one was necessarily him, like, TVing stuff, you know? Yeah, I don't think it exactly is either, but it I, it works in their favor that last week was a pretty high concept Abed thing. I actually, so, you know, there's an episode of the series where Abed, like, steps to the background, and then throughout the episode, there's, like, a storyline of him in the background, like, helping give birth to a baby, like, helping birth a baby. 
Yeah. I was thinking that this that that was this one. That there was like mm-hmm. a point for him to say, "Hey, I'm gonna lay low," and then stuff happens with him in the background. So all episode, I'm like keeping my eyes glued to the background of scenes, and it never happens. He just hangs out. He just lays low. He's in it like literally like one other time, and then he's not. You know, I thought he was gonna pop up at the end at the pep rally or something. Yeah, because I feel like especially at this point in the show, you know, with it being episode six, it's weird that Abed wouldn't go to see Troy play football. And that they're really hammering on that, uh, like, oh, you know, Troy and Pierce are bonding over such and such. The last, like, four or five episodes have gone more towards the Troy and Abed direction than the the Troy and Pierce direction. Maybe that's why they kind of moved it back. One reason I was thinking maybe they moved it around um, was because this is kind of the first, like, Troy episode. And -hmm. maybe they thought that that was a character that they could wait on because he had enough stuff, like, side bit-wise to kind of keep people intrigued with his character, and maybe they didn't usually, think that Abed did, or... Usually the airing order of episodes isn't so much the people behind the show, it's the network. So a mm. lot of times it has more to do with, I don't know how they decide it, but they look at those early eight episodes and they decide, like, oh, this one really has potential to get people to watch it, so we're going to put it second. Or, like, this one has, like, a guest star, so we'll put it third. They're, like, trying to keep that audience going. Yeah. But it's hard on sitcoms. A lot of shows have had this happen to where, I don't know, audiences are turned away from it. Either the sitcom has to be bland enough that any of the episodes can go anywhere, or Mm -hmm. the serialized sitcom will fail because they're airing it out of order and it's confusing to the audiences. Anyway, after the theme song, there's a really funny visual. It's uh, Troy and Jeff and Annie staring at the Greendale trophy case. Jeff's like, oh, are you sure you made the right call on not playing football? It looks like they won something once, and it's a trophy for most valued customer from the people who they bought the trophy case from. Oh, that they probably give to everybody who buys a case. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a pretty funny bit. That reminds me of, oh, I don't know. I think it was the most recent Netflix season of Arrest Development. Was it where Joe bought a trophy store? Like, I think that was the most to, recent one. He had to give away a trophy, but he wanted to do it bigger and better, so he bought the whole like failing business trophy store. <sighs> yep. When is so that at, next season coming back? What do you mean? That show, the, the season ended, and there was so much bad press about members of the male side of the cast around the release of the season that I don't think Netflix is going to touch it again. I think that's the really? end of Arrested Development. I think it's the end of Arrested Development, and neither season four or five was like, I don't know, they get a bad rap, they're better than what people have written them off as, but they're not so amazing that I need more. And That's very season fair. five wrapped up the storylines from season four well enough to make it kind of feel like a complete little epilogue reboot thing that I'm fine with that being it. Yeah, I'll, I I agree. I'm fine with it going ahead and, and finishing. Yeah, I don't need another season of copy and paste Portia Durazi into a scene to make it look like she's in the same room as everybody else. That was rough a couple of times. A couple of times <laughs> they especially. they blanket over her. <laughs> that was pretty funny. But that's for the Arrested Development podcast, which exactly. who knows may actually happen one day. You can't disappoint my hard-boiled eggs. That's a good one. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Uh, so as soon as Jeff is like, you know, are you sure you made the right choice about football? Annie like separates her and Troy from Jeff and starts talking about, oh, we need to study astronomy and have some Milky Ways or Mars bars. And that's or where pancakes. we get a funny Troy line or pancakes. Totally <laughs> missing the point as always. Oh, Troy is just such a such a pure, 
pure-hearted little angel baby. He tries. <laughs> he tries to, Or yeah. he doesn't try. He doesn't have to try. <laughs> exactly. As they were like, away, he doesn't have to Troy. Ha, 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 ha. Cricket, cricket. <laughs> As Troy and Annie walk away, that's when Jeff first sees that there's a new like promotional campaign for the college. Uh, there are posters all over the college, and Jeff is like front and center of it. Um, this is another thing that makes it that you're right. That makes it feel like an early season one, like a second or third episode, because Jeff's like, "Oh man, I can't let anybody see that I'm at this community college." Yeah, and I get like to a degree why. You know, Greendale is not exactly... I wouldn't want to be on the cover... That's not true. I would absolutely want to be on the cover of their stuff. But if I were Jeff Winger, I would not necessarily want to be the poster child. But at the same time, Jeff, you literally attend that school. So I don't know what to tell you, Chief. Exactly. Like, it's not like your your colleagues at the law firm don't know that you aren't working there right now. You probably could have gone to another school, bro. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. After he sees it... He walks into something that feels like Bizarro Greendale. He walks into a classroom with a female teacher with this huge chalkboard that we never see any of this ever again in the show after this little scene, as far as I know. We never, ever see this room, this teacher. She's here for 10 seconds for this, you know, kind of funny bit about the phone starts ringing in the middle of class and she gets mad at everybody. And, um, oh, I think I lied. I don't think Jeff walked into the room. It kind of makes it, it look like he does, this. though. Yeah, he, it does. It's like Shirley and Britta are in the class, and it's her phone. It's the teacher's phone that's ringing, so she picks it up and answers, and you know, needs a pencil to write something down, but doesn't have a pencil, and no one else in the class has the pencil. <laughs> it's a funny bit, but it's just so weird. It's definitely never see like any of it again. let's just plop it in here yeah. as a segue, but it didn't. Like you said, exactly, it was just there. It was One funny. of those things where it's an early episode, and they're trying to fill out the campus. But Mm -hmm. this is one of those things that we never see again, so it's just kind of an oddity. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Like, it's nice to kind of create the bigger world that they have other classes other than Spanish. Some of them have those classes together. Like, you know, Troy and Annie have astronomy or whatever, but yeah. As this teacher's not being a very good teacher, we get back into this plot line that, I don't know, the less we have to talk about, really, I guess, the better. Yeah. Uh, I like how Britta, like... Gets Shirley's attention and as not nonchalantly as possible is like, would you like to go to the bathroom with me? And Shirley's like, oh, yeah, Britta that's, that's is nice. very obtuse. This episode, yeah. Like she, I feel like even for Britta, she was yeah. pretty. You know, yeah. They walk into the bathroom together. Shirley is telling this story about like someone cutting her off and how she thinks they're a jerk because of it. And Britta is the type of person that no matter what Shirley says, Britta will be like, oh, well, this. Or like, oh, well, this probably happened because of this. Or like, maybe this happened to the guy. Maybe he turned his signal on. And that's kind of relatable, you know? That's very relatable to right now, I think. especially. I'm like one of those people a little bit where, not in the context of what's going on right now. I I hope not in the context of what's going on right now. But if someone tells me like a story about something insignificantly bad happening to them, I'm usually like, a, well, what about this? Or what about this? And totally. sometimes, you know, the other person's like, just let me be bad. <laughs> right? Like, sometimes you just need to, to vent and you need to feel like you're in the right. It's like, I get it that that person probably isn't the worst person ever, but, like, I'm pissed right now and you're my friend, so let's be pissed. Absolutely. Anarchy. But Britta always has to, like, I don't know, 
make a deal out of everything. Yeah, Britta's always got to be defending somebody. <laughs> During this conversation that they're having, uh, Britta's in the stall and Shirley's like washing her hands. There's another girl in the bathroom washing her hands, and that is the writer of the episode, Hillary Winston. Oh, really? That's a neat little... Just a little cameo where she's washing her hands. And it's also, you know, like the opening credits, they kind of like trickle over the beginning of the episode. Yeah. It's, she's on screen when it says written by Hillary Winston. Which oh, I that's think is pretty cool. cool. That's neat. Oh, that's nice. So, you know, Shirley tries to be mad, and Britta doesn't let her be mad. And then Shirley says, she's still trying, so she's like, so you got any family, Britta? And Britta's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and Shirley makes this face like, okay, why am I even trying? Exactly. And then she tells another nothing story that, you know, I don't know. I'm sure, like, when women go into the bathroom together, they just shoot the breeze. Right. You know, and she's just shooting the breeze, and Britta can't, like... I don't know. She doesn't want to be a cliche, so she's not willing to make small talk. I don't know. Yeah, like like Shirley's literally just trying to say, hey, I'm about to have some fun time with my mom, you know? Uh, yeah. And Britta's like, oh, y- yeah, of course. You know, women going to go get facials. Ha, ha, ha. How many? Yeah. Which say, how I many am are owned by women? By- <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That was awful. Because <laughs> I can just picture Britta, like, literally sitting there, like, doing the robot, thinking she's, like, being all mighty end she's like i'm better Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah this storyline is probably the least favorite part of the episode i like it a little bit later on there's some character stuff that happens i said this already Mm -hmm. uh you know britta goes on this whole tirade about of course you're saying britta aren't you a hypocrite you're plastered with glitter and goo from head to toe just like the rest of us well i also pay income tax and pull over for cops but that doesn't mean i support a country that oppresses its citizens Shirley presses the <laughs> presses the the air dryer to shut her up, which Britta takes no notice of. Which, on the other hand, is I think there are also plenty of people right now with what's going on in our world that we all wish we had an air dryer that just. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna start carrying we, one we around. Didn't have to hear it. Yeah. Now this is this is this subplot might spur some racial conversation. Uh, <laughs> we cut to the dean and Pierce. <laughs> who are working on the the new mascot for for this great community college of ours. Pierce has like a doodle on a napkin. That he's like, hey, I modeled this after Da Vinci's, what was it, Vitru- Vitruvian, Vitruvian Man. Vitruvian Man. Mm-hmm. He keeps like handing it to the dean, but like taking it back and maybe handing it to him, but taking it back. And <laughs> Pierce is like, uh, the penis might be a little too small on this one. <laughs> <laughs> and the dean finally grabs him and is like, oh, well. Okay, it looks a lot like you. <laughs> <laughs> I so uh, I love this whole subplot. I thought I that too. it was just so funny because when I think of like my favorite combinations in the show, Dean and Pierce does not even hit my mind, but this was pretty great. The way the Dean is towards finding like a race neutral mascot for the school in this is totally like a all lives matter type thing. That the dean is someone who's trying so hard to be inclusive of everyone that he's, like, not including anybody. Right? Literally. It's representative of no humans, (laughs) you know, because he's like, oh, well, what if we just... (laughs) Some of my favorite dean stuff is his politically correct to the extreme that's just so... I don't know how uber conservative people are like, oh, you know, liberal people are the PC police to an extreme. They think it's to an extreme from what yeah. it actually is. The dean is the embodiment of is that, that actual extreme. extreme. <laughs> I do love when he's like, well, we're not the Greendale blacks. <laughs> yeah. the 
<laughs> well, no, the the dean's talking about like his vision and what he wants to what he wants to show. What he wants the mascot to embody everybody of the school, and he's like, and it's not just a white person. It can't just be a white person. It needs to embody all of us and our species. And Pierce goes, so black. <laughs> so funny. I really, I wonder. I bet I could have this shirt made, but instead of like a Greendale human beings shirt, do you think I could get a Greendale blacks shirt? We can make one. That could be our first podcast merch. That'll be our merch, Greendale Blacks. I like it. Yeah, I'm sure that wouldn't catch any hot water at all. Not if we put a picture of you on the front. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'll clear it up. The intent will be clear then. Oh. Just me, thumbs up, Greendale. Oh, I'm not even going to say it. Um, so, uh, as they're talking about this, Jeff walks in and is like... Sorry to disturb you guys. Yeah. Who are clearly looking at a naked drawing of Pierce doing jumping jacks. <laughs> Jeff takes the dean outside to talk about this poster situation, and Chevy does this little bit of physical comedy where he like stretches and puts his legs on the dean's desk and kicks all of his stuff off of the desk. Yeah. He's like, oh, whoa, uh-oh. And you think he's saying, uh-oh, because he knocked all the stuff over, but then he picks up a pencil. He's like, ah, good, a pencil. <laughs> he's saying, uh-oh, because he needed a pencil and there wasn't one. Now, I don't know if that was a little bit different from the Hulu version that I watched. Oh, really? Because in the Hulu version, it was almost the exact same take, but he knocks it over and he's like, and he doesn't say uh-oh at all. He knocks it over and then he's like, I think I'll use a pencil and then grab oh. the pencil. Interesting. Yeah. Jeff brings up to the dean that, uh, you know, he's flattered about the poster. Um, that's when the dean says, oh, you're so photogenic and touches his hair and calls it crispy <laughs> and jeff tries for a second to make it seem like he's actually interested and he's like i'm looking at this and i'm seeing where's the heart where's the soul where's the different poster design and then he yeah. tosses it in the trash <laughs> the dean says well i agree with you so that's why i went with these mailers he shows this <laughs> mailer of a full body just of jeff with like a thought bubble that says i go to greendale community college and he's like hunched over <laughs> that's so hilarious but that's, like, exactly the type of pamphlet that, like, a very small local community college puts out. It reminds me of Scrubs. Turks College put him in their admissions pamphlet. Oh, my God. And they're God. flipping through it, and they actually put him in it twice to make it look like they had more black people. <laughs> so they turn, like, it's, like, one picture, and, like, they've photoshopped uh, Turk to make it look like there's two of them. That's funny. I forgot about that. I think it's that. funny, too. It's also very Greendale how Jeff's like, I never signed anything that, that gave permission for this. And the dean's like, didn't you read the ba the backside of your contract that you signed? It's all over there. I'm starting to see why someone used to be a lawyer. <laughs> that was a hilarious line. I thought that was good. Because it's not often that somebody like <laughs> takes a dig at Jeff. Yeah. So it's Especially nice the, the dean. dean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then the dean, like, puts his hand up and demands a high five. And Jeff keeps talking, but the dean won't stop until he gets that high five. <laughs> oh, gosh. The dean is great. I love the dean. Yeah, he's great. I can maybe see where this feels like, you know, episode three dean instead of episode six dean. But we also get the most of the dean we've seen yet in this episode. Totally. And it's, it's very welcome. Mm -hmm. It's tough for me who does, like, the best performance on this show. Yeah. Because, I mean, Danny Pudi is amazing with Abed. Donald Glover does a great job. But I think that, you know, the, I mean, Jim Rash does as great a job as anybody on this show of playing his character and making his character. 
And then I think it's easy to overlook the women characters. I think Alison Brie, her facial acting and her physical comedy as Annie is just as up there as Troy and the Dean, but we don't give her as much attention either. Nope. So Jeff makes it clear that he wants these posters gone because it's going to ruin his reputation outside of the school, which whatever. (laughs) And there's a really funny scene when the Dean, the gears start turning in his head and he's like, oh, well, I guess I can make this all go away if Troy made his way to our football team. Yeah. It's like, I wouldn't have to, you know, send these out and do all the press stuff if we had Troy. I like how the Dean keeps mentioning that, like, if I could announce to the press, he's <laughs> like, later, he's like, there are reporters coming to this pep rally, as if anybody gives a shit about the First people of who all, are playing. why would reporters be at a pep rally? Second of all, why would they be at a pep rally for a community college? They're like, oh, Greendale signed Barnes, and they've got a new uh, a new mascot. Wow. <laughs> wow, things are really looking up. Extry, extry. <laughs> like, I don't even know if the local, like, Greendale paper would go to the pep rally. Jeff's not picking up what the dean's throwing down, really. He keeps, like, trying to talk his way around it, and that's when the dean gives that great line that you asked me about with the oh, you know what, I'm just thinking we should send all these pictures of you out to local businesses. Yeah. Law firms, lawyer companies, legal gatherings. Gatherings. (laughs) And almost funnier than (laughs) Jeff says, are you blackmailing me? He's like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. I think so. He's like, I think so. (laughs) The dean also had a really good line before that where Jeff was like, you know, after um, the dean suggests that Troy joins the team, He's like, well, I think Troy's pretty staunch on his, you know, he was pretty firm on his no. And the dean's like, well, you know, if you asked him to jump, he'd say how high. If you said stop, he'd say hammer time. (laughs) (laughs) And this is all perfect cue for Pierce to walk out and say, you guys, here it is, the Greendale human being. (laughs) He's like, that's a falcon with a gun. And he flips it. That's a falcon (laughs) with an erection. Oh, my gosh. So funny. Pierce was great in this episode because he was just kind of peppered in a little bit here and there, Mm -hmm. but it Mm -hmm. was really funny. He just got to be Pierce, which is when he's at his best. I like it. Yeah, this might have been one of my favorite Pierce episodes so far. Yeah. He gets some good lines in this one without causing too much damage. That's the key right there. He gets good lines without causing damage. (laughs) We cut to the cafeteria, and Troy and Annie are on one side of a booth. You know, like, Annie's still kind of trying to keep Troy all to herself, and they're they're studying all the time. And Shirley and Britta are are also there. Abed walks by, and Shirley, like, waves, and (laughs) says, oh, hi, Abed. And Abed's just, hmm. And Britta says, he's just laying low. (laughs) This probably isn't intentional, but to talk about how we've spoken before about Abed as a representation of someone who might be autistic, Mm -hmm. for someone who is autistic to be really like outgoing and social one week, but need to stay to themselves and be separate from people for a week is common. Absolutely. And, you know, if let's 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 give the the writer's room because there is a talented writer's room let's give him this credit for a moment and say that that's and say that that was part of a thought yeah yeah then that's awesome because not only is that good that they're putting that in but also his friends were all accepting and understanding of the fact that he needs some space sometimes yeah uh shirley once again goes to the bathroom and now britta is kind of like into this idea feels like they're becoming friends and even though the interaction was awkward for shirley i think britta's like wow talking to Shirley in the bathroom about makeup companies really did a lot of good for me. So she offers to go with Shirley, and Shirley says, you know what? I'm good. I'll go by myself. And Annie kind of laughs at Britta. I don't know. What can we say about this plot line? (laughs) Yeah. 
is, you know, we'll yeah. talk about it more when it, when it gets good. To to people with a female perspective who can watch this, do you listen? Do you see it and laugh and be like, "Oh wow, that's a reflection of what actually happens," or does it feel like a sitcom stereotype? I would love to know what someone who can really say something about it has to say. Totally, I don't think I've spent nearly enough time in women's restrooms to know um, for myself. Right. right, a few hours here and there, sure. But... <laughs> I mean, once a week, <laughs> twice tops. But I don't, you know, get to hear all the goody conversations. Yeah, you know? yeah. But this episode yeah. was written by a woman. That's true, right? So... And I think there is some good female perspective stuff in here later on. Mm-hmm. But I keep saying later on. There's a bulk of it that does feel pretty cliche it feels very much like it was like you said cliche like like i could see dan Harmon writing this stuff now it's nothing yeah. against dan Harmon, but yeah. it's a very yeah for an episode that has the word feminism in the title its take on feminism is pretty tame and i don't know well and it kind of paints it in a bad light because when britta's trying to say what you would think would be the feminist things and you know well oh well stand up for yourself and like oh well don't you know fall into these constructs of you have to do makeup and stuff but they paint it as her being an asshole to her friend who's just trying to talk about her day, you know, so... Yeah, I think that's kind of the a little bit of the point is that, I don't know, that they both could chill out a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I guess. I don't know what the is point that, is. Is that what the message is? I don't know. I don't know. We're Take just, a chill I, pill. Me man, me no understand woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff walks up to Annie and Troy in the cafeteria and wants to talk to Troy so he can get him to join the football team nothing to do with jeff wanting to do something nice for troy purely just to help himself out and annie is totally doing what she's been doing the whole episode where she's like oh me and troy are studying he can't he can't help you that's not a very flattering side of annie no it's not but i do think it kind of works for her character at this point i i agree and i'll share some more thoughts on this whole situation here in a little bit but you know if if nothing else Jeff is Jeff is cockblocking here, and he's knowingly yeah. doing so, yeah, for his own gain. And I don't think, and Troy doesn't really give off any indication of being interested in Annie or not. No, yeah, any of it. Even <laughs> he with, he it, doesn't. It's either way. He he has not given any sort of because he's Troy. He is so like content. Yeah, just being. That he's not worried about it. Well, it's it's a pattern that the, we're seeing a couple times already, just in the only six episodes we've done we've seen it with abed where it's just like the study group pulling the strings for somebody trying to make decisions for somebody when the person was perfectly content the whole time exactly. like how they've done with abed and how now they're doing with troy yeah and you know it, i think it speaks more so to kind of how the characters unwrap especially britta later on with all her baggage and issues and how she you know constantly needs to be trying to fix and things because i feel like jeff manipulates for his own like yeah tangible gain britta does it for her own like personal gain yeah annie annie just wants wants some 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 love in her life poor little annie adderall she just <laughs> in this next conversation with troy and jeff we are seeing jeff probably at his most manipulative yet where He's totally taking advantage of Troy and how he wants to be liked and how he says he misses being the best at something. He totally takes advantage of Troy and makes him think what he wants him to think. 
Absolutely. I don't like that. I think specifically because he even says to him, like, you always let other people think for you or something like that. And then immediately is like, but you think like like, I think. um, Choi says, I miss knowing what to think all the time. Mm -hmm. And Jeff says, oh, you still know what to think. And then goes on to tell him what he wants him to think. Yeah. And I was like, Jeff, what a what a crappy thing. But I think that also was because it was supposed to be earlier. And I think that they, I've been, like, honestly, kind of pleasantly surprised with Jeff's growth already. This feels like a step, like a solid step back after last week's Criminal Law episode was a solid step forward. Absolutely. Luckily, next week is a phenomenal episode. It is. And it has some good Jeff softening moments. So this isn't something that's going to last. There are some funny lines in this interaction, even if I'm not super crazy about the implication of what's happening. Jeff says, we both know, we were both thinking the same thing. And Troy says that the Dean looks like Moby. <laughs> and I'd like to say Moby is a musician who I've heard referenced on so many sitcoms. And I know who he is because of that and that alone. <laughs> I know nothing about Moby as a musician. I've only heard songs, him featured on tracks. What kind of artist he is. Yeah, I have no idea. I haven't listened to any of his, like, his music. The other thing that's funny about this conversation is, you know, Jeff gets Troy real excited, even if it's fake, and he says, maybe you should check out the Greendale Thunderdome. <laughs> and then cut to the saddest football field ever. I There's so many, like, every time you just look at that scene, it's just fun to watch a different football player because yeah. they're all yeah. ridiculous. The pads that they have on, like, someone looks like he's wearing, like, a sumo suit underneath his pads. It's hilarious. <laughs> There's just one set of bleachers, and the rest looks like it's really overgrown. Uh, Yeah, I don't know anything about sports or football. I know this is a surprise to many that the person hosting a community podcast isn't the most athletic. So I don't know what the things are called that in practices, the things that they like run up against that are padded and they push. Yeah, I don't know what that's called. Uh, But yeah, there are people really struggling at that. It's it's four of them really trying, and they're not budging. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> yeah just as the dome arrives later it comes with thunder <laughs> there's like one person like the really small one who's trying to push the sled that's like bouncing like i mean it looks like they're like a 10 year old out there and mm-hmm. it's it's so funny the scene that we're at now is jeff kind of giving the same spiel to troy again but it goes over a lot better than this scene I honestly could this have done better. without the last scene. I wish that he'd yeah, just been like, hey, Troy, come with this. me real quick. and then Let me show you the field and try to inspire you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the audio commentary, they mentioned, I think, that this scene was a later addition to the episode. I think Dan thought that it needed something and added it. Mm. Which you said they did a lot in the first season especially, right? I think they just did all the time. Uh, Jeff talks about how... You know, he hangs out at the courthouse all the time and just longs for his days of of swindling the criminal justice system. He says something like that and how he just misses it and he feels like he's wasting his time. And Jeff says, well, Troy, do you know what I'm trying to get at here? And Troy's like, yeah, you think I should be a lawyer. (laughs) Then we get a really famous community interaction that I really want to break down with you really quickly. Okay, I have it written down here, so... Okay, okay, because this is really heavily referenced. It's a really funny moment. The way they say it back and forth is funny. It's also kind of problematic. A little bit. I'm saying you're a football player. It's in your blood. That's racist. Your soul. That's racist. Your eyes. That's gay. That's homophobic. That's black. That's racist. Damn. 
Okay, so we start with, you should be a football player. It's in your blood. That's racist. That's racist. So, so far, a funny joke. That tracks. That That is racist. And unintentionally racist, I suppose. After that, we get, it's in, it's your, soul? in your blood. That's racist. Your soul. That's racist. <laughs> the football would just be beating and pulsating through his soul and his veins. Right. After that, we get, it's in your eyes. That's gay. Eh. Here's one thing that I'll note about this, though. Is that Jeff goes, your eyes? And Troy goes, that's gay? Because it's not racist. So I think he's looking for, like, a reply. He's just, like, trying to keep the... He's, like, trying to cut back with something. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. He's like, that's gay? And Jeff's, like, homophobic. And Troy says, that's black. <laughs> How do we feel about that one? I think that's funny. I, can't I speak think to that, that. Uh, homophobia in the black community is a real thing and has been Yeah, for that's a long something time. that I've heard about. Or, like, just awkwardness and uncomfortable. Yeah. Not that there's not that in every race of people mm-hmm. but that's something i've heard before yeah and is that the end of it no, oh no that's says, black that's racist and then troy goes damn jeff says that's racist and troy says damn yeah <laughs> i like i think it's a funny interaction i laughed it, it's definitely funny they fire it back off at each other like champs like the timing is, is impeccable the comedic chemistry between the two of them right there is great is it a joke that would be written in 2020 no i don't know there's a lot of stuff in community that the jokes are dated but usually i think the intent is correct mm-hmm. usually they're saying what they're saying to make a snide remark on the type of joke that they're telling whereas a lot of the shows that really haven't aged well they were they were written badly i don't think this show is, was that was written badly like that i think no. they were pretty intentional about what they were saying mostly like i've been watching through that 70s show lately which is a show that i still really enjoy mm-hmm. but there is a lot in that show especially the way it portrays its women that does not age well no <laughs> certainly <At> not <laughs> really badly and fez as a character as a whole is not well, great yeah, I mean, but you know and on top of that he's not funny or entertaining too so yeah that also doesn't <laughs> just uh, doesn't just help. to lose all the time but for some reason yeah. i still watch it i like that 70s show quite a bit i do too Damn, Jackie, it's, it's, I can't it's control harmless. the weather. It's not do a podcast material, but it's a fun, harmless show, I suppose. Even yeah. though a lot of the cast members from that show have gone on to be very problematic. At least um, one of them. Well, Hyde's a rapist. Yeah, officially uh, con- convicted now, right? Mm-hmm. And Wilmer Valderrama got Demi Lovato hooked on heroin. Oh, was that him? Was that is what I've heard? I wouldn't be surprised. He used to date Lindsay Lohan. That he's had a history, yeah, of dating young starlets and getting them hooked on drugs. I would absolutely. Oh my God! Did he? Is he the one who put Lindsay onto that? Well, that would be so American culture to be like, wow, this woman is so crazy and drug-addled. Instead of pointing the blame at the the guy, other male is... celebrity who got them hooked on drugs. Yeah. Anyway. Jeff just gets Troy really fired up about playing football, and Troy points out, well, Annie said, and then Jeff has a cut. Annie said that Benjamin Button was compelling. Look, she's a smart girl, but sometimes she's just wrong. I've never seen Benjamin Button, so I can't speak to that. The first time I watched it, absolutely fell asleep. But it was late at night, in my defense, and it's a very long movie. But I did watch it again from about the point where I fell asleep. It's fine. That sounds about right. I would not say one that those it's movies. the most, like, pull me in. Like, it was a well-done movie. It was very good, I guess. But it wasn't, like, you know. Yeah, it was one of those movies I always felt like I was supposed to watch or supposed to want to watch that I just never really got to. It's fine. He's a old baby than a young old man. Yeah. Or the other way around. Who knows? <laughs> 
I think my favorite part of this whole Jeff Troy interaction has got to be, you know, he he gets the picture in Troy's head of what it'll be like when he throws the ball and makes the goal and he feels the excitement of the crowd. The the best part of all of it is when Jeff says, "But this decision has to be yours, T-Bone." And <laughs> Troy says, "How did you know my nickname was T-Bone?" <laughs> because you're a football player and your name begins with T. And he says it again. Your name begins with T. I love it. <laughs> that was really funny. I also liked uh, when Troy, it might have been just before or just after that, goes, is that pregnant woman a linebacker? Or is that linebacker a pregnant woman? And Jeff has said something like, you can meet all them later. <laughs> <laughs> we cut back to the bathroom storyline. Uh, Britta's sitting in the student center in a chair and Shirley leaves the bathroom and Britta's like, are you finally done? I've had to go, but since I failed my tryout yesterday, I feel like I can't. So now she feels like she can't even go into the bathroom at the same time as Shirley because of this awkward interaction. And Britta gives that whole speech about like, you know, I don't need to go to the bathroom with other people, but it seemed like that was what you wanted and I like you, so I wanted to do that. Then Shirley, you know, brings up, well, then how come I told a story about a stranger pissing me off and you took the stranger's side and then you insinuate the stuff about my relationship with my mom or about their feminism and gives on this the speech about that is the ladies room Britta, a place where ladies go to share listen support each other and discreetly eliminate waste and i like it too even like that you're a little hard but if you can't learn to be soft in there you need to pee alone and that pretty much is all they had to say about this whole story that makes sense yeah i literally wrote down here in my notes Britta peeing alone storyline is fine gives them something to do and that's how I feel about it. <laughs> yeah, at least it up gives to this them point. something to do. Uh, it gives Shirley some of the most she's had to do in the show so far. And I actually like Shirley quite a bit in this episode. It's just the storyline is not super compelling for me. Uh, yeah. But I like Shirley's character in this. I like what she is saying. And I like the role that she plays for both yeah. Britta and, I guess, Annie. More so Britta. <laughs> What she says to Britta cuts through, and Britta starts to vent, and Shirley's like, nope, not in here. In there. In there. <laughs> she doesn't really want to hear Britta's stuff. No. So next we cut to probably my favorite Donald Glover moment of the of the episode. <laughs> he storms into the cafeteria with just that, like stereotypical high school jock energy he's just strutting down the place you're like woohoo joy joy the wonder boy it's like drop your books poindexter after he throws someone's books out of their hands you know picks up someone's soda and starts drinking it this is when we get those uber conservative like a fight songs i've i've got to just play it they're great yeah. i'm not even going to try to do it hip hop body don't stop rip aside got the room don't need a mop put your team in the box put a ribbon on top we're not john Kerry because we don't flip flop oh bing bong sing along your team's al gore because your views are wrong he killed it uh dan Harmon wrote these and they're awesome <laughs> And as people who come from a high school in a pretty conservative town that has an Indian for its mascot. Yeah, this was... It's it's a joke (laughs) that hits home. It hits so close to home. Because he says, we're not John Kerry because we don't flip-flop. Yeah. Your team's out. Your team in a box, a ribbon on top, not John Kerry, we don't (laughs) flip-flop. Say ho. (laughs) And I like the whoever the one person is who was like, ho. And Annie's like... Choi, why are you singing a, a, you know, like a conservative, outdated <laughs> fight song? Have you been playing football? I mean, as people who 
were in high school. Well, I guess when Barack Obama was elected, we were in middle school. But we were in high school. Maybe even a little bit younger. Yeah. Like, towards the end of elementary school. maybe. Yeah, wow. Eight years is is a whole chunk of time, isn't it? And now it's been almost another four years. Yeah, that's... Wow. So think almost 12 years ago, he would have been elected. So, like, 13 years ago, when he was on the campaign trail, we were, like, 10. Yeah, quite literally. Wow. But, you know, we saw, you know, this outdated sort of chanting going on, but, you know, more so in his direction, less yeah. uh, John Kerry and Al Gore. We saw a lot of uh, stuff towards Hillary, too, in our time. Well, even in the Obama campaign years, uh, Hillary was running then, too. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember at least as a kid who grew up around a really conservative family, that I remember a lot more hate then when I was young being talked about uh, Hillary, the woman who was running. I don't remember hearing from my, you know, Fox News parents mm-hmm. that, that <laughs> much. I don't remember hearing much about Obama until after he was president. Really? Yeah. As for, I don't know. Well, and, and that's and that's totally just because we grew up in two different, you know, yeah. types of homes, right? Like I grew up in we're a very, very liberal. We're very young. Oh yeah, yeah. Black home, you know. So it was all Obama all the time. Yeah. I remember, uh, now I guess we're talking about this, so Obama came to our town when Mm -hmm. he was running the first time and spoke at our high school when I was 10, and I really liked Obama, even though I didn't know anything about politics or Obama, I just, I don't know, I think as a kid, I was probably on board for the whole, like, first black president thing that I was hearing on, like, kids pick the president on Nickelodeon Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, and I do kind of remember... Like, my dad kind of pushed that down and was like, no, we don't talk about that. <laughs> and I wanted to go when he was in Anderson, and I wasn't allowed to. But I was, like, 10, you know, so it was kind of, like, whatever. But I remember my mom drove me to the event after it had happened just so I could kind of, like, be in the same area and mm-hmm. see what it was like. And we met someone in, like, the parking area, and she gave me a free Obama T-shirt. Oh, that's awesome. And, like, as a 10-year-old blossoming liberal having this obama t-shirt that i could wear around was kind of like a hey, hey screw you patriarchy or whatever I right know. did i ever tell you about when i was on cnn i don't think so so when barack obama was campaigning he went to uh before he came to anderson he went to muncie and spoke at ball state chirp chirp go cardinals uh and i went with my mom who worked there at the time to go hear him speak and i ended up asking a question when he was doing the question and answer stuff and then I got interviewed and such, and so I was on CNN. That's pretty cool. Yeah, fun time. Claim to fame. I get. Yeah, yeah that's, that's why I'm so CNN, expensive. Stephen Baker. <laughs> Star yeah. of CNN and local Fox 59 News at 10 one time. <laughs> yeah, I just thought this podcast was going to be like something fun we did as friends, but then the contract you sent me and the, <laughs> and the per episode salary is nuts. It's pretty demanding. I'm not going to lie. So <laughs> while while Troy's like really feeling himself. Annie goes into that. Don't become this person again. This isn't the real you. This is the arrogant jock that totally ignored the only people that truly liked him for non-superficial reasons but weren't allowed to say anything because their parents are bigots. Huh? I don't know. Annie's, like, really on edge. And she makes this comment that really comes through about... She, like, felt like she, like, couldn't say anything to him out loud because her parents were such bigots. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That one hit home a little bit. Yeah? Yeah, that's real life. Is that something you'd like to elaborate on? Um, I think that I have personal experience with dating somebody of a different race with very bigoted parents, and it's definitely a real thing that I know that girls deal with growing yeah. up, is they're like, oh, well, my dad hates black guys, 
So they either take the approach where they date only black guys or like to you know, rebel or they're terrified to date one because of what their dad would so say. So they become raging racists. Inadvertently. Hey, inadvertent racism is still racism. Hey, <laughs> say that again for the people in the back. <laughs> in, in, inadvertent. Why do we need even to put that word in front of it, you know? Yep. It's just racism. Um, but I like that this just comes out of Annie, that she's just triggered, and she lets that like comment slip that gives away so much about her with only saying a couple of words. Totally. And and, and I still feel like Troy, like, <laughs> doesn't pick up on anything. You Not know, she one says, drop of it. She says football's bad for you, Troy. And so much is coming through that she's just trying to hold on to Troy, and she feels like all of this time that she's forcing them to spend together is going to help her chances with him, which it isn't. She's just trying to control him and says, football's bad for you, Troy. <laughs> and Troy just kind of smirks and shrugs and goes, Jeff said you'd say that. Yeah. <laughs> Like, totally missing the point of what Annie's saying through all of this. A hundred percent. I love Troy, but, boy, he just misses it sometimes. Not the smartest. No. <laughs> he's just leaving. He's like, Troy. Troy, Troy, Troy. That's my name. <laughs> Troy, Troy the Wonder Boy. And now Annie's pissed at Jeff, and she's going to seek vengeance a little bit later. But first, we get back to Pierce and the Dean. This is when they've got, like... <laughs> an outlet of a person and they've got like eyes and ears and eyebrows and stuff kind of to the side all over the place and they're picking pieces all white of course all white jeff walks in again while this is all going on and he's like oh wow like oh my god and the dean's like yeah yeah we got it we're developing the perfect mascot and he shows this wall where they've like mapped out all of the stereotypical categories of everything and to not be i don't know to not use stereotypes in their mascot they've spent so much time like grouping together stereotypes i'm really glad that neither of us uh uses a trivia question what were the ones they were avoiding because i definitely i would have gotten two of them but i can't remember what all of them were i've got it pulled up i see women's breasts irish, irish chin. chins uh, Pan-Asian eye folds. There we go. Russian ears. <laughs> Haven't heard that one, And then the last one, I can't quite see. It's something fingers, and it's like S-T-something fingers. <laughs> they, I, I love the, like, color swatch thing that they have and how they describe it. That is our human color wheel. It goes from seal to seal's teeth. That was pretty funny. Jeff says maybe the smartest thing the man has ever said. <laughs> When he says, wow, it seems like not being racist is the new racism. <laughs> Isn't it? Which, it's so true. By, like, stripping the differences between people and, like, preaching colorblindness, you know, it makes it easy to whitewash the racial issues that are happening. Absolutely. And to kind of belittle, because when you're saying, well, there are no colors, we're all the same, then you're taking away someone's history, their identity, their... Even if... I don't know. We're not all the same. We have so much more in common than we have different with each other. But the differences inform so much of, I don't know. We are different. Yeah, and that's we a good need to thing. celebrate we should be celebra- I think Yeah, being different is incredible. I don't know. By like ignoring all the differences and only focusing on the similarities, yeah, you're, you're negating a lot which is totally what the dean is doing, even though he's trying really hard. Yeah, it's, you know, and it's it is all in good fun and funny in this episode, but it does kind of, especially today, it's hard not to yeah. draw parallels and see that, you know, yeah. 
it and that's definitely what they're poking fun at. Yeah. Even 10 years ago or however long it's been since this episode came out. Probably long. It's been like 12 years or so. Mm-hmm. It's the same issues and they're poking fun at it. The people who wrote this and came up with this totally knew what they were doing. Absolutely. So Jeff brings up, you know, that he's got Troy on the team and that means we're getting rid of the posters. And this is when we hear about the pep rally that reporters are going to be at and they're going <laughs> to the unveil press, the, the human scouts, being. You know, the... And the dean's not going to throw out the posters until he's positive that Troy's going to play or that he's going to show up at the pep rally. My favorite dean line from this whole episode is... Oh, and my ex-therapist is going to think twice before he makes fun of my job! (gasps) And the way he says it is so funny. And, like, it paints a picture of the dean having a therapist that laughs at him for being the dean of a community (laughs) college. It's This show does a really good job. You know how, like, Family Guy has cutaways every 30 seconds now? Yeah. And they, like, paint word pictures on this yeah, show without they don't need away. the cutaway. And it's so good. Because since the characters do such a good job of creating their own kind of character and being, like, they all have their mm-hmm. own kind of thing going on, mm-hmm. then you can already imagine them in situations that aren't going on. You know, I think that, that we don't see, which is one thing that I like about... Right. Greendale. I think that Dan Harmon, in you know both things of his that I have a lot of exposure to, this and Rick and Morty, it's very clearly a world that we're not seeing 100% of things that happen in their lives. And I love that. And a lot of the humor comes from hearing about stuff that we haven't seen and like picturing it in your head is, is very funny. Probably my least favorite racial joke in this entire episode is right here when the Dean and Pierce talk about like putting cream in their coffee to like a certain color of person yeah he says he wants a, a desmond tutu with enough but with enough cream to make a lou diamond phillips. Lou Diamond phillips and yeah. pierce says oh a la bomba i don't know la bomba that's probably the that was yeah hackiest low-hanging of fruit these types of jokes yeah low-hanging fruit absolutely so that ends that scene and now <laughs> a really really funny moment jeff is walking outside and annie jumps out of the bushes <laughs> <laughs> Annie's been waiting in the bushes, like up on a ledge, for Jeff to walk by and says, I've been following you. And she's just, like, lost it. And Jeff even says, yeah. I'm not having a conversation with someone who emerges from a bush because I'm not in a commercial for cereal, which is a hilarious line. <laughs> that was a pretty good one. Annie is coming at Jeff for forcing Troy to join the football team, and Jeff kind of explains his situation to Annie. Annie sees what Jeff is doing and, you know, says, Britt is right. You're just as selfish as everybody says. I'm going to tell Troy what kind of friend you are. This is the first time it's actually been said to her. Jeff says, well, you should tell him that you're hopelessly in love with him. How do you feel about Troy and Annie? Does any part of you ship them? Okay, so, honestly, I don't think that Annie is as selfish as Jeff here. I think that... Ultimately, as much as, you know, she is benefiting from keeping Troy around her, her argument of football being bad for him and him needing to focus on school, like, that's a correct argument. You know, he's there to get a degree. She's like, you better study for this astronomy because, you know, you're you're pretty simple. You know, I don't think Troy is stupid, but he definitely... I think her intention is warped a little bit. She's definitely doing these things to keep him at arm's length, but... She cares for him and is acting out of that too, whereas Jeff is just purely looking for his own gain. Exactly, and I think she does. She does care, and she's possessive, and she talks over him and all that. And and ultimately, like like you said, she is trying to keep him at arm's length and close to her. And she knows that with football, he's not gonna. He has no reason to be because he doesn't need her. He's popular again, right. you know. 
Right. And I don't necessarily ship Troy and Annie, but I don't not ship Troy and Annie. I just prefer Troy and Britta and Jeff and Annie, but not first season because as she states here in this episode, I think later on, she is literally 18 in this episode and Jeff is like 40. So yeah. And this moment does have, this is the first one that like hints at the two of them just a little bit here. We've got this moment where, you know, Jeff explains his side of it and how like, you know, Troy's here, he's alone, he needs help. And he calls out Annie and says, like, you enrolled in all of his classes. Didn't you think that was going to freak him out? <laughs> yeah. And he calls her out and says, the important thing to you is that you're the only one there for him. Mm-hmm. This is where we get that little interaction, or not little, kind of big, where Annie, like, walks away angry. And Jeff has that line about, oh, you're just doing the whole girl walks away and I'm not going to feel bad. And that's a moment that's a little bit heated between the two Absolutely. of them. Absolutely. And there's some tension. Possibly He's watching her walk sexual away. tension. Yeah. They mentioned on the audio commentary that this is the scene in the first season that like shippers on YouTube would make like fan edits of the two of them. And they'd always use like these forlorn looks to like emphasize (laughs) the romantic possibility between the two of them. And Donald on the commentary said like, there's this one of me looking so mean and like looking at the two of them and feeling jealous. And he's like, I don't remember doing that at all. He's like, what episode was that even from? (laughs) That's funny. So Annie walks away. Jeff says he's not going to feel like crap, but totally does feel like crap because how can you not? Yeah. Annie's so sweet. Well, and she's you, she's you great heart. at at guilting you into things. It's it's the right. face and the pout. It'll get you every time. Now we're to the scene in the bathroom subplot that is my favorite. Hey, yeah. Okay, so Annie's storming off from what just happened and says, "Surely I have to go to the bathroom. Will you come join me?" And Shirley gives Britta a look like Here's your chance for the student to become the master. Britta walks into the bathroom, Annie's like, where's Shirley? And Britta's trying really hard to, like, tiptoe and not be Britta and be, like, the supportive female friend. I think it's really funny how Annie says, why do we inflict so much pain on ourselves for men? And Britta instantly goes, I don't know, sweetie. Maybe it's because men make the world go round. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and she's she's trying so hard to... She's it. trying so hard, but still not quite. As always with Britta and with most of the characters on this show, they're trying, but it's just not quite. Yeah. Uh, Annie admits to Britta about her feelings for Troy and how he's joining football and that makes her feel insecure because she'll never get her chance now. She thought they were getting somewhere. Britta finally like says something that's genuine. Annie, screw him. There are guys out there that would kill to be with you. And if Troy isn't one of them, that's him failing your standards. You got that? Finally like says the right thing. And it's nice. Right, and I think it's, it's, it's really it's sweet. Moments where Britta is honest, you know, because not that Britta lies all the time, but I think she takes... a a lot stronger stance on things than she genuinely has but that was her Mm -hmm. actually with the correct amount of like caring and energy behind it that she putting some thought into someone else's issue for a second instead of making it about her conviction yeah and annie says you know what you're right i can't control him and my favorite joke out of this whole subplot annie says thanks for talking to me britta and shirley's been like creepily (laughs) watching this interaction from the door and Annie turns around to see Shirley, and Shirley opens up her hands for a hug, and Annie <laughs> thinks this moment's all about her, so she goes in for a hug, but really the hug's for Britta, who this was all about her being the right kind of female friend. I don't know. So they just kind of leave Annie in the dark. They're like, this wasn't it about was you. really funny. Right? Shirley even she's says, like, my girl. Me. 
Yeah, uh, that was good. So now we cut to outside the pep rally. Jeff is walking in, and the team is here. Everyone's chanting, human beings, human beings. This is the first time we see a extra who is featured a lot on the series who has lines here and there. He's like the red-haired guy. I was going to ask what his name was because I knew that he was somebody. Yeah, because he's the, hey, man, is this your first pep rally or something? And I was going to ask. Yeah, I don't know the actor's name, but the character has a name. The character has a first and last name. Oh, wow. The character's name is Eric. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's like Wisniewski. Oh. (laughs) And I guess throughout the first two seasons, he shows up like all the time, like whenever there's a crowd scene and he has several lines. Oh, really? I wonder if he like has some sort of connection to somebody on the show. I think it's just a lot of times, you know, you get extras that are solid, so you just keep asking them back every Using week. Them. Mm. My favorite part of this mob of a ragtag football team is the bald <laughs> guy with the long beard. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, there's like all different types of people on this football team. Hey, because they're all human beings. Jeff calls Troy to come talk about the way he's manipulated him into doing this. He feels like he's set up Troy for failure, and it's more important to him to help out Troy than protect his image on those posters. And one of my, probably my favorite point in this whole episode Mm -hmm. is Troy's answer to this. Absolutely. So we get this whole, you know, Jeff is just being a downer as everyone's celebrating, and that's when the legend Eric Wisniewski <laughs> or whatever says, Bro, is this your first pep rally session? And then Joel says, I'm Joel McHale. <laughs> well, I'm walking here. I'm Joel McHale. <laughs> Troy says, you know, you told me football was the most important thing, and Jeff says, well, I was exaggerating. It's what I do. Let me tell you something. For the first time, you know, Troy doesn't let Jeff just explain everything for himself. Troy says, you know what, let me tell you something. And he talks about how that injury that cost him a scholarship that he did on purpose because he couldn't Mm -hmm. live with the pressure. And he was able to end on a high note without having to live with that like grueling schedule of being like a college football person. Yeah. He was able to, he was able to let it go and end it at his height. I think that that whole kind of self-sabotaging thing can definitely relate to that just a little bit, you know. Maybe not so much nowadays, but high school, early college times, you know, when you're like, well, you know, maybe if I just remove the chance of failure, then I cannot fail. Right. You know, and I think that's a mindset that a lot of people have. A lot of times it's if I never try, I will never fail. Yeah, I feel that way about so many things as far as like doing like what we're doing right now. I've always wanted to do something like this, but it's always been like, you know. It'll never be what I want it to be. So you don't do anything. Yeah, it's still not what you want it to be. You wanted literally anyone else than me, but here we are. Yeah, (laughs) Literally every person on earth was busy, and I crossed every single person off the list. And I was like, oh, I guess I gotta call Steven. Mm -hmm. But no, Troy says, like, at Greendale, he gets to play football for fun. And it's not about these expectations and this image. And he can live his glory days again, but, like, the lowest possible stress version of it. And I think that's great. Yeah. I love it. I'm all for it. Troy is a character. It's certainly his best moment yet of the series. And he gives Jeff that good piece of advice that like, I don't know about you, but I know I ended up here because things weren't that great out there. You should try accepting where you're at, man. Take a pottery class or something. Yeah, so Troy leaves, and that's when they all jump into that Nancy Pelosi (laughs) fight song. (laughs) Now we cut back outside. Annie has a sign that says, Deploy Troy. 
because she's decided to support and be a good friend, which is nice to see Annie come around on this too. Here we get a kind of sexually charged interaction between Jeff and Annie. Jeff apologizes for being an asshole and Annie, you know, like keeps looking at him with those big puppy dog eyes, you know. I like this scene. I thought that it was definitely like even more so than the one before. They're kind of blooming blossoming of their relationship mm-hmm. yeah a couple of things on that i'm not huge on annie and jeff but this scene it's a little cute mm-hmm. they have chemistry on the other hand though if this was the third episode <laughs> why on earth why the are hell? we spending so much time on jeff and britta and how jeff is into all of this because of britta and in the third episode produced we're already jumping to the other young attractive female in the group you know and they just spent the entire episode talking about how Annie is in love with Troy and those feelings have not subsided you know maybe she's more realistic with what the situation is but that doesn't mean that she has stopped liking him I think part of this is intentional because I've heard Dan Harmon talk about how with the first season of Community it was really important for him to put the characters through like everything a traditional sitcom would do you know Mm -hmm. set up a will they won't they have them to get together have them break up have them get with someone else from the group have them break up have these other you know he wanted it to be like at the end of the first season it's like how are they going to go forward from this but it feels a little bit sloppy being this early but it's very quickly interrupted by the first appearance of the (laughs) the physical human being he can't move his mouth either but but take it from me that's human for hello (laughs) let's get you into the pep rally great idea let's do it it's terrifying. God, it's such a nightmare. It is the literally spray the painted stuff. eyes and mouth, <laughs> the the grumbled, harsh screams ooh, of the person ooh, inside ooh. are truly harrowing. They, <gasps> when they cut is like <laughs> through to my soul. When he says that he's oh that's just human being for hello like for it's hello. very clearly not <laughs> yells into his ear let's get you into the pep rally he's like yeah you can't get in there I think the thing that scares me that like upsets me the most about the human being is that they talk about how he can't you know move his mouth or like see out of it but it's because they spray painted over the eyes like there's black paint over where he should be looking as Dean and Pearson the human being leave Jeff says you know what this has the potential to be a uniquely Greendale experience yeah and we get what we talked about before it's another instance of the my lady my lord mm-hmm. which even though it's the second time technically they say it I feel like it's the first real something like time yeah I don't know this interaction is cute it's not quite romantic and sexual but it is a little bit I don't know. I think this was a good Annie episode. Her character is more than just a stereotype after this episode, I think. I agree. And it, it, it was a sweet moment that resonated, and not just in like a will-they-won't-they they sitcom way. It was more like a moment of confirmation between two people who might be slightly attracted to each other, but that's not really what's on either of their minds. I think that it was a good like friendship, like genuine friendship moment. And that's where the episode fades out. A great song by the Violent Femmes is playing in the background. And that's it. I think the end tag is really funny. I really like this one a lot. It's Troy and Abed talking over the announcements. Attention students, this is Abed. And the Disco Spider. Here at Greendale. 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 Say what? A few quick announcements. Announcement number one. All announcements will be cool starting right now. Announcement number two. Butt soup. And you think that that's going to be the whole joke. (laughs) but that the end of it is them getting caught by security guards who look exactly like them, and then we cut before that joke goes any further and the episode's over. I think it's just really great. It's like two great jokes without any more than necessary. 
right? Because after we get the disco spider and the butt soup jokes, right before it fades out, you kind of see Aved raises his hand at the other security guard who also raises his hand the same time Aved does, which is mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah, and that's the end of the episode. Uh, I think it's a good one. I think so too, even though one of the three plots, and it's the plot that they kind of, I guess would be the B story because they spent the second most time on it, is not my favorite, but I like the ending of it quite a bit, and I like it's another rare occurrence where Shirley actually gets to do something. Yeah, I think it would have been stronger if we gave Troy a little bit more time in this episode. I think so too. It's still largely successful. It was a super fun episode. Probably the easiest one to just watch on repeat so far. Yeah, I like this episode a lot. I mean, it just, it brought back a lot of fun memories. Like I've said before that Troy's probably my favorite character on the show, and this is kind of his first episode Easily. where he has mm-hmm. any sort of depth at all. And he's still Troy, and he's still hilarious. He's still Troy. Let's not drag this out any farther. MVP awards. Okay. It would be easy to give this to Troy, so I'm going to decide not to. Okay. And I'm going to throw a curveball and give my MVP this week to Annie. Nice. I think Allison Bree is really great in this episode, and she gets the most to do, and she really sinks her teeth into it. Anxious Annie is always really funny and mm-hmm. seems real. I love how she just like loses herself into the anxiety and always blurts out something that gives away way more than she was expecting to about herself. And on the other side, this episode we got, you know, like cutesy Annie and wholesome Annie. I don't know. I think this episode had a lot of good moments for that character. And one of my biggest laughs of the whole episode is her jumping out of a bush to attack Jeff. <laughs> and yelling like, ah, or something like that. Yeah. I do not disagree with Annie as a choice. I think that she was great this episode. But I'm going to go ahead and, and be a, a basic bitch here. I'm going to give my mvp to to troy to troy the boy okay. troy our boy rocket rocket right. troy you know roy rocket roy roy the carpet store my thoughts on troy i don't think troy is stupid i think that he is simple you know he's simple to please he's content with where he's at but he does have feelings and thoughts and i always like when those actually get to kind of shine through a little bit and this is an You're episode right. where he kind of actually said how he's feeling instead of just kind of going with the Absolutely. flow and i like that So MVP Troy. This episode is the first one that gives literally everyone something to do. The only one who doesn't is Abed, and they make a point of commenting on why he's not doing anything. So it feels like everyone's well accounted for, other than like Chang and Duncan who are doing whatever they're doing often. They're not even around for this. Yeah. That's it. That's the episode. We done. We're out of here. That's, That's it. it. That's the tweet. I'm walking here. I'm That's Joe McHale for, for You That's Can't Disappoint a Podcast. I'm Joe McHale, and you're listed to whatever this is called. <sighs> That's what he would say. Yeah. I'd be like, uh, the mass Singer. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, you guys. This has been fun. Uh, let us know what you thought of this episode, and email us to chime in on any of the stuff we talked about and to be a part of next week's conversation when we'll be talking about the great first season halloween special yeah i'm excited to get into that one yeah guys make sure you check us out uh like us on facebook share us Mm -hmm. um at you can't disappoint Mm -hmm. a podcast you can find us there we're also Mm -hmm. on spotify anywhere that you can listen to podcasts pretty much we Mm -hmm. are you can find us on instagram can't disappoint podcast and twitter at you can't disappod share us if you'd like that do a huge favor to us and leave us a review. I don't know. Just get on board. Yeah. We have a lot of fun doing this, and we're glad that people are listening and, and enjoying. You know, if I have to yeah. sit here for almost two hours and talk to Zach, I at least want yeah, to Yeah, we're not getting something. any joy out of this, so I hope somebody feels something. I lose about a week off my life every time we do this, so I hope it's worth it. All right. Well, thanks for spending this time with us. Uh, we're glad to 
be doing this for you. Signing off. This is Zach. And this is Steven. Thanks for watching, guys. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Watching? This is a pot. This is an audio only podcast. I'm sorry. We have YouTube viewers. Yeah, but they don't watch us. They watch the logo and the occasional. From clip. inside the Dreamatorium. <laughs> this has been You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. Have a great week, guys. We'll Bye, see guys. you next time. Uh, thank God that's over. Oh, f- Tell your mind I'm stuck on this lovely girl. Costing me, she mean all the world. I fall down dead, she never see the tears. I-